We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's Christy Winter Scott here, along with Gabe Ibrahim. We are ready to join each other courtside for the first time in a long time on the <laughs> Her Who Stats Podcast Network. Gabe, Happy New Year to you, sir. I, we haven't talked since the New Year, and it's January twenty first. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, <laughs> oh, and we and congratulations, everyone. We we made it through the Trump administration. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I have <laughs> I have my I have my medicine ball tea right here from Starbucks with my pinky out on that. Cheers to the new year. How about that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's the go. New year. The new year has started now, um, but a lot of a lot of stuff happened, Christy, uh, in the time we were gone. Uh, some of it involving basketball. Right. Right. I mean, I tell you what, I always say, man, from last week to this week, Gabe, so much has gone down. But, you know, we haven't seen each other, you know, talked to each other mm-hmm. for a while here. So many things have transpired that have changed us, hopefully for the better. Um, you know, we've seen. um the the bad of of the world but we've also seen the really really good mm-hmm. i actually want i want to ask you about uh the inauguration yesterday i mean obviously special day um every time there's an inauguration i mean i i, I went to obama's inauguration which was amazing um yeah. but yesterday felt like you know the, the turning of a chapter that hopefully is going to be better. Um, but I want to ask you how you felt seeing Kamala Harris being inaugurated first woman, first black woman yeah. as, as vice president um, to a national office. What, what was going through your mind while you're watching that? And, and what were the feelings that you had? Man, that's such a great question, Gabe. First of all, I was, I was thrilled for her, but, 
on top of that, I think I was thrilled for all the young girls who were watching her. And when she did the double um, fist pump under her chin and she was just so excited. I mean, that was how I felt like exactly. And I felt like that obviously for her um, to, to have that opportunity. What, what a phenomenally amazing moment in her life and, and for her family and, and just to see her there. I know uh, Mina, you know, her niece, she yeah. was saying that she was, you know, all through the day, she kept saying, Oh my gosh, this feels surreal. Oh my gosh, this is like such a moment. I can't believe it's actually happening. Um, but for me, I think, to see that moment and tr- we'll try to see that moment through a young woman's eyes and try to see it through like a little girl who is, you know, nine or 10 years old watching that transpire and, and what kind of impact that will have in terms of having a ripple mm-hmm. effect for them moving forward. I think that impacted me the most to think of it that way. Um, Yes, the moment was magnificent. Yes, it was extraordinary. But for me personally, I just think it, it's such a catapult to the future and the possibilities and the hope that it presented was just immeasurable. Yeah. And, um, you know, usually I'm, I'm quite an emotional being. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I may have welled up, but normally I would probably like actually have tears falling but for my mom to have tears falling and she is not necessarily an emotional being mm-hmm. that way for her to shed tears of joy during that moment i mean i think for me that just speaks to the total impact uh generationally that that mm-hmm. moment had um for my mom and my dad who um passed away two years ago but my mom and dad saw barack obama serve eight years in in the presidency and then you know for my mom to see kamala harris just um be crowned mm-hmm. you know in front of the world and for her to shed tears about that that makes me cry, you know, to see her um, have that kind of reaction to that moment. And, you know, and then to think about, you know, what's next for, like I said, the younger generation of of young girls of color in particular, Mm -hmm. to see that kind of representation, to see that, yes, hard work does pay off. Yes, respect is intact and it's not like that all the time trust and believe for black women the respect level is Mm -hmm. not there um for the most part and to see respect given when it is due is is something that is is just so magnificent to to witness and to know that they don't have to stand for um petty behavior and you know when when kamala said i'm speaking you know that resonated with me just you know stand up for yourself you you owe yourself that respect and to see that it has been given to her and it has been earned by her i think that speaks volumes to to all women of every age and every generation yeah i think you know we obviously have a long way to go in a bunch of different areas for so many things like yes. there, there is there's a lot of work um to be done uh, and mm-hmm. i, I want to tell everyone congress is working my buddy who works in congress he actually mm-hmm. he has to work now um so they're working um but all right it's we we've come so far and i think we're we're on the precipice of doing even more and and yeah. especially yeah. for um 
black women, I think yes. yesterday was special. I think this week was really special, especially oh, yeah. if you're in our basketball world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, cause I, Oh, I want to bring up Amanda Gorman who, yes, please. <laughs> I watched her and I was like, this, this woman's amazing. You know, she, she's an amazing, she's an amazing poet, just the way she, she was able to capture that crowd. And, you know, it, like if you've been to inauguration, you know, how daunting that look I is. I bet. You're looking out on the entire national mall, especially there where it's kind of empty. So for her to just take over that entire space was amazing. And then yeah. I found out that she's 22 years old, a baby. She's a baby. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the fact that, you know, Maya Angelou has also was also a speaker at inauguration um, Mm -hmm. years back. But to see the level of maturity and the cadence and rhythm of her words and what the words were, she -hmm. was outstanding. And, you know, to know that. Oprah Winfrey, I believe, gave her a ring and it had a caged mm-hmm. bird on it. And if you know anything about Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. the caged bird sing, you know, I know why the caged bird sings are her, her great novel. Uh, I just think that, you know, to have that kind of connection with Maya Angelou in that regard, like that, that, that kind of respect, again, is the word mm-hmm. I'm using, that level of respect was passed down to this young lady and wow what what a moment for her and i mean she was just glowing and not just physically but spiritually mm-hmm. she was just glowing and it was just a beautiful moment and again you know for our young women to see her in that capacity doing what she did making her full-on impact and sharing her gift of yeah. words. I think that was, it was a beautiful moment uh, to say the least for sure. It, it was special. It was special. Um, it was special for that's happened with the Obamas there. Um, yes. That represents so much to that generation, my generation. I think she, she's technically a generation below me, but it, it was just like, right. I don't know. <laughs> it, it did bring me, uh, it, it brought me to tears at points. And I've, I haven't personally felt, like this hopeful in a long in a long time for this country that's exactly right i mean that that's the word you know that you that you take away from from this whole week i think it's just the the hope and the resolve uh that was presented at the inauguration and and how special that that will be in terms of empowering the right spirit for this country. Mm-hmm. And I think that just speaks volumes to, to our future and the future of our children. Yeah. And speaking of empowering, um, especially young black women, I think what happened in our world in South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, with Asia Wilson getting a statue outside of South Carolina stadium um, it, it was extremely special it gives me a lot of hope um but it, it's an amazing statue it's extremely well earned i mean i would say so in south carolina's basketball history overall mm-hmm. to me i think asia wilson's already showing that she is the best player in that school's history um, so for her to get a statue is really well deserved but i thought the, the thing i wanted to get your thoughts on was her saying that her grandmother couldn't walk on this campus her grandma couldn't walk on this spot where my statue now stands mm. and now it's me here with the statue of me where she couldn't walk and just to, and, and that's another it's just like you know yeah. yes we have so much to do but we've come so far 
And it, yeah. it was so special, especially for Asia, you know, because mm-hmm. Asia, like us, we're both we're both really emotional. She's really yeah. emotional for her to have that moment um, mm-hmm. and, and to share that light. It's it, it was incredible. It was surreal. And, and I was I was really happy about that. So what do you how do you feel watching that? Man, I, I was in tears for that. I was in tears for that. Just, you know, and and mostly because she was in tears and she knew how impactful and how uh, how much of um, a moment that was not just for her personally, Mm -hmm. but for her family and for the young girls in South Carolina who came to those games to cheer her on, who came to those summer camps and they were in all when when they won the championship a couple of years back and and how the the respect i keep coming back to that word mm-hmm. i need a synonym but uh, <laughs> you know the the respect of of putting that statue up in south carolina where you know they had the shootings in the church there they had mm-hmm. you know there's so much of of a, a negative history for our people uh, just in the country in general but in South Carolina, like, it, you know, most recently with, with that terrible murder that happened there at the church mm-hmm. with, with all the families that were impacted there. But then to see Asia Wilson standing there angelically accepting the statue mm-hmm. in her honor and Don Staley, the best of the best, uh, standing there with her, calling Asia Wilson the queen of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I just got chills through my body just repeating that out loud. I, I just think that, you know, that just does so much for for the spirit of, of sport and yeah. the respect of, of women in sports. And for her to say that her grandmother couldn't even walk on that campus, she had to walk around the perimeter, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, my mom has stories like that from the 60s and how, you know, they couldn't go to certain movie theaters. They couldn't do things. And they had the water fountains that were only for mm-hmm. them, colored water fountains and colored bathrooms. And, you know, you take that for granted because you, you have – somewhat of uh, a level of freedom so you don't know what that feels like but to hear the experiences it does something to you in terms Mm -hmm. of your retrospect like let me think about how that would feel for someone who had to go through that and for Asia to reflect on it that way and to understand the emotion of that moment for her grandmother and for her parents and you know who who probably lived through some treacherous situations when Mm -hmm. it when it came to race and equality and for her to be recognized for her flat out dominance in the game and her flat out exuberance for life man there's nothing quite like that and to be immortalized that way i mean that that was just an amazing moment and hopefully i get to go down there so I can like actually yeah. just like look at it physically in person someday just for that um, for that reflection. I mean, yeah. that, that just that just resonates with with your spirit and to know, yes, like you said, there's a long way to go. But, you know, when you think about how things have changed for the better, you know that it's going to continue to get better. And I think yeah. that's that's the hope that we're talking about. Yeah. Well, it's because of because we have 
people that are working to make it better too. Yes. Like that's well, I'm not. We're not just saying it's gonna get better because like that's a, you know exactly. it, it doesn't just happen. People right. make it happen, and I think right. um, maybe in small part, maybe in large part, I don't know. But I think you're right mm-hmm. when you say the power of sports. Like, sure, uh, it, yes. It's just a ball bouncing that sometimes goes in the hoop, but that means it means something more. And I, I think um, it's special to recognize that. I'm really glad um, that Asia, Asia got that recognition because she deserves it. Also, you said she looks angelic and she really does. Like Asia always looks great, she but she's wearing the white suit. She looked, she looked like an angel. It was amazing. I know. It was the shoes for me too. Yes. Uh, if she's listening, Asia. Your shoe game, my love. Those <laughs> shoes were yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, they were they were high steppers. I love them. Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, so good good for Asia. Um, good times. Good times. So, you know, it's a lot of times we got a lot of bad stuff to talk about. Uh, right. Today we got some good stuff to talk about. Um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I did forget that we do have to talk about one bad thing. Um, and it is sad because Alyssa yeah. Thomas uh, had to get in a, a surgery to for to repair a torn Achilles. She said it was a ruptured Achilles. Um, yeah. Those are slightly different. But basically she has the same injury that Brandon Stewart had. Kevin Durant had, um, Kobe had, um, you know, it, it is a scary injury, um, yeah. but it seems like we know how to, how to repair it more and, and more players are coming back from it. So going forward, I, you know, I'm sure Alyssa is going to do everything in her power uh, yeah. to rehab really well. She's tough as nails. So I expect her to be back. Um, but it is, it's devastating, right? Because we, I just, we love watching Alyssa play. She's someone we talk about all the time. She's from Maryland. Yeah. You've known her for years. I know. It, it's super sad. I mean, I you know when I initially saw the press release, um, I thought that she was going ahead to get the surgery for her uh, her torn labrums in her in both arms. So this is a young lady who, you know, in the last two seasons has just said, "No, I'm good," and played with two torn labrums mm-hmm. in her shoulders and gone to the finals in the WNBA and, and a deep push into the playoffs both seasons. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, I was kind of shocked that, that she had that kind of an injury because she's always in like great shape. And, you know, she just never had a catastrophic injury that kept her out mm-hmm. um, for, for a long time. And then she didn't even get surgery to repair shoulders. So it's like, you know, uh, for that to happen to anyone is, is horrible, but Alyssa Thomas, you just know how hard she works at everything and you know how much she loves the game and how passionate she is for it. But, you know, like you mentioned those players, you know, Brianna Stewart had the same injury and it it took about a year. Same with KD and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the late great Kobe Bryant. But, you know, what people think about is, hey, how are you going to come back in terms of your explosive speed and what's that going to look like and i think you just have to look at what john wall looks like this season and you know he put in the time in his rehab and you know every day he was doing better every day he got stronger and he almost looks faster if that's even possible you know um in terms of his his first step so he's well rested he is well rested and that's (laughs) that was a good thing too with with his uh injury and coming back from it so I, i think you know with um with Alyssa, like you said, she's going to put in the time to get back and be a hundred percent. And, you know, I know the Connecticut sun, um, 
training staff and, and coaching staff. I know they're right there by her side uh, yeah. through everything and with the utmost respect and um, the utmost uh, support for her throughout that. But yeah, I was just, uh, that just took me out that, you know, that it was actually an Achilles injury. I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, and I sent her some well wishes, but it's like, I mean, there's only so many words, right? right. That can, right. uh, can kind of help you through uh, moments like that. So mm-hmm. hopefully she can come back and, um, and, and be great, you know, like yeah. she, like she was, you know, throughout her career in the WNBA yeah. and at Maryland. I actually, you know, and she, so she's 28. I think mm-hmm. they'll, she'll be able to recover. KD is Kevin Durant's like 32 and he's been able right. to recover. I mean, he, in fairness, I would say both KD and Branch Stewart had maybe, maybe lost a tiny bit of explosiveness, but, um, you look at John Wall and you're right. Like John Wall looks just as explosive. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about her coming back strong. Um, I am glad that she is going to take, you know, at the very least, this means she's going to rest for the first right. time ever, ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, and that rest, like she's going to be rehabbing and working and I'm sure she's going to come back with some new stuff in her game because I'm, I'm, I'm saying this in the nicest possible way. <laughs> Alyssa Thomas is a maniac. And when it comes to working at basketball. That's right. She's a worker. Yep. So I'm sure that this is going to be, um, it'll end up being okay. The problem now, though, for the son and Alyssa Thomas is that she's a free agent. Um, mm-hmm. So she needs a new contract. Obviously, with, without considering the Achilles injury, you would, right. I, I was sure that they were going to give her the Supermax salary for however long she wanted because she's that level superstar she's an mvp level but now the issue becomes i don't think i think they'll still offer that it's just well do they suspend her is she okay with being suspended and not getting paid is the league gonna step in if you remember if brianna stewart the league stepped in right and and gave her a role it was like an ambassador role and she ended up getting paid so you know and 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 to another example last year was uh lana deladon who somehow had her medical opt-out denied but the team paid her yeah but they still they couldn't sign anyone in her place and as the season wore on it kind of became clear how much that was hampering their ability to compete so i'm interested to see how this works out because you know the sun want to treat her right um Mm -hmm. you know what Alyssa thomas deserves for how much she's done so Mm -hmm. i am interested in how that turns out i just hope Alyssa gets her money and that the sun can figure out a way to build that team because i'm just i'm really mad because i want to see bar uh, I know. Th- the Thomas is Gonquel, Brian James. Like th- ah. those five players could have been like one of the best defenses we've ever seen in oh, this league sure. next year. For sure. I mean, just with the addition of John Quell alone, you mm-hmm. know, how that would just change the entire dynamic of that team. But now with this injury to Alyssa Thomas, I mean, uh, I'm sure it's it's devastating for Kurt Miller and his mm-hmm. staff and, and the players to, to operate. And with without AT on on the floor, I mean, she never came off the floor. I mean, she played almost the highest minutes in the league the last several seasons, mm-hmm. and you know she went overseas every year after the WNBA season and and knocked it out of the park, all star over there too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought that. Uh, 
you know, she, I think she's underrated as a player, which is right. hard to believe. And not just because she went to Maryland or, you know, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, not just because I've known her or whatever, like I call it how I see it. And she's a flat out baller, um, you know, just top to bottom, statistically speaking, um, you know, just all of the things are, are in a row. Um, she's mm-hmm. got the assist numbers, the rebound numbers, the blocks, the the field goal percentage. Like I, you know, and with two torn labrums, like you have to add that on, right? Is that like a stat? Yeah. <laughs> you know, can we add that on? <laughs> I mean, if, uh, if screen assist is a stat, then I mean, playing with two torn labrums in your shoulder, that should be something too. But I, I mean, she's just uh, an incredible young lady off the court as well. Um, but I think there 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 needs to be more credit given to her. Yeah as a player in general, like just, she can flat out go. And why, why, what, what is the exclusion factor? Like when you're talking about the elite of the elite, what is the exclusion factor for AT? Like why, why is she not considered sometimes? I I don't get that. And you know, I'll always speak up, you know, when I feel like someone's being slighted, Uh, I just think that she, um, that she creates so much turmoil for opponents in so many different ways. I mean, whether it be offensively or defensively, I think she's just tough, Um, but not, not given the the respectability uh, on the elite level as I believe she deserves. Yeah, I think yeah, she probably should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And she deserved more credit in the MVP race too. I, I think she's, She's unique. There is yeah. not, I've never seen a basketball player as good as a, maybe it happened in like the seventies, right? Like <laughs> hey, there's probably someone in the seventies I could find. That's Alyssa Thomas. Well, not now. Yeah. Right. Like I, I can't find someone who can run the floor, get to the rim, defend every single position, be tough in the post, cover uh, your perimeter people, score, get to yeah. the line. And literally cannot cannot shoot, not because she's not a good shooter, because she can't raise her arms above her head. Right. It's like she's like so, you know she's limited <laughs> physically, like you know. But I, I've I never. To, you got to give her some credence for for you know just being gritty and yeah. and tough and just sticking with it in spite of you know what she felt like physically. She can compartmentalize. No, yeah. Brilliant, and she's a brilliant basketball player too. Oh, That's no doubt. That's that's incredible. Like that her her the way she plays, I think that's understated is how smart she is. She knows exactly where all the angles are. She knows exactly mm-hmm. what she's doing when she's barreling down to the rim. I, I'm I've always been um a big fan of her, especially after that final series. I mean uh, with the with the Mystics. I mean, shoot. John Quill gets a lot of credit and she deserves it, but Alyssa was amazing in that series as well. She was amazing. Um amazing. But yeah, so uh, we're, we're we're sending out uh, hopes, prayers uh, to Alyssa Thomas that you can get back quickly yeah. Um, yeah. and you know come back just as good as she ever was. But um, yeah. she's just one of the many big name free agents, though. And I think I wrote this in a, in a piece for the Her Hoop Stats newsletter. I think someone's leaving. I don't know who. I don't know who yet. No, no, I was gonna say uh, that was my question to you next. Like, who is it, Gabe? Like, who, who do you think is? I going wrote about to Natasha Howard in in my right. piece, um, and I, you know, I think she's a possibility. I don't know because they court her, so there's a couple extra steps there, right? Um, but. You know, Kayla McBride's an unrestricted free agent. Chelsea Gray's an unrestricted free agent. Jasmine Thomas, an unrestricted free agent. There are a ton of of free agents this year that could change the balance of power by going from one of our 
traditional championship com- contenders over the past three or four years to someone who maybe isn't that yet. Um, right. So I, that's my prediction. I'm going to say um, that I'm going to say that I'm going to say that. And hopefully, hopefully it's none of the mystics players. <laughs> I know. I, you know, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with Emma Mieseman. Um, yeah. You know, that I think is still up for a huge discussion and in, in whether or not, you know, the contract, not talking necessarily with the contract, but, you know, with, with the Olympic year mm-hmm. this year uh, and for a lot of the international players, I mean, that's a big decision. And I remember on the um, – on the season wrap-up call with the Mystics. And I believe that question was posed to MME Cement about that. And mm-hmm. if she would um, consider not coming back um, to the WNBA and the Mystics uh, next season. And she said, you know, it just all remains to be seen. You know, she had a bout with uh, COVID while she yeah. was overseas in, in Belgium. And so um, she's good now. Um, thank goodness and all. But I just think, you know, we're not, it was speaking contractually necessarily about that decision for her. So it's, I mean, the free agency is definitely going to be uh, um, a conundrum, I think, for, yeah. for for us to consider all the moving parts of it. But you also have to consider the Olympic year um, yeah. coming up for a lot of the international players as well and, and how that factors in for their decisions that they make, whether they mm-hmm. stay with their team or not come back or go to a different team, you know, yeah. and, and come back. So there, there's a lot to consider for them. So I'm sure that's difficult, especially when you're in the prime of your career like that. And, you know, to make a, a fork in the road decision because of free agency. I mean, it's got to be something that you totally believe in. It's got to be something mm-hmm. that you're totally uh, passionate about um, in terms of it being the right thing for you at that time. Yeah. So. And I'm sure that that's not easy, especially no. during these times. Like, you don't, you know, it's, it's not the same in terms of uh, getting in the gym or, you know, doing the things that you have to do. And some of them didn't go overseas to mm-hmm. play, you know, so a lot of, a lot goes into it. A lot of moving parts in, in the decisions that are yeah. going to happen with the WNBA free agency for sure. Well, I think with Emma in particular and, and a couple other players, um, you know, I think you got Marine Johannes, uh, who's a French yeah. player, who I think is one of the most exciting players in the league. Um, Chechi Zandalassini. There's also Eurobasket, so that's the other, the other layer on this is there's not one international tournament. There's two. So if you take your, if you take your international obligation seriously, which a lot of these players do as I would, if I'm playing for my country, mm-hmm. I think it is kind of hard to say, well, am I just, am I going to shuttle back and forth between Europe and the United States and put right. all these miles on my body um, in, in hopes that I can play like a couple months. So I, I understand if Emma just says, Hey, you know, this year I'm, I'm going to do this. But the other thing, right. right. is like, we don't actually know if the Olympics are going to happen. <laughs> I, I mean, know. we didn't get it this past summer, clearly, uh, right. you know, and that isn't a guarantee. And that's true, too. I didn't even think about that. I'm just, you know, we we're talking about hope earlier. I, no. I'm i just hopeful that, you know, things move yeah. back. Uh, no, back and, you, and you have to be. Then. Yeah. Well, I think I think the thing you have to do now for all the players, the coaches, the GMs, the teams, sure. you just kind of have to assume, like, what's scheduled is happening. Right. As we've seen, that's not the case. That's no. not the case. And it's going to be really hard to make these decisions 
for so many players, not just the ones that are overseas, not just the ones that play for the national teams, it's just everyone to, to figure out kind of like, okay, we're, we're just going to shoot blind and hope that things work right. out by May or right. the WNBA can make a decision to maybe push back. I don't, I don't know what the, you yeah, know, I don't know that, what the, the situation yeah. can be. It's a lot um, of factors. Yeah. I, I even think about it, you know, the possibility of it not happening, which, you know, that would be, that would be rough. You know, those windows close quickly on, on mm-hmm. athletes, you know, and they train for a certain, you know, period mm-hmm. of time for the Olympic games. And yeah, if it gets pushed back yet another year and, you know, you have players obviously like Diana Taurasi and, and Sue Bird mm-hmm. who, you know, were considering playing in the 2020 Olympics and now, okay, it's 2021, but what if it's 2022? Like sure. that's going to change a lot of decisions for, for those players. Well, I don't even know. Well. I don't even know. I think the decision, I, I think, I mean, obviously everything can change at any point. That's sure. the lesson in tw- from last year. Anything yeah. can change at any second. Don't yeah. get used to anything that is, but um, the, the, I think the Olympic committee said like, if it doesn't happen this year, we just have to move on. Yeah. And that'd be devastating, oh, not wow. just for basketball, but like for a bunch of athletes. And I, I, I'm, you know, it, it breaks your heart. Um, yeah. So hopefully it just happens and we don't have to have these discussions much more, but it is going to be very interesting to see who plays and who doesn't um, yeah. even like a player, like Elena Deladon, right? Like, Right. Yeah. So we're, wait, we're hopeful. Yeah. So hold, I'm sorry, Gabe. So when, when you said that the Olympic committee said we would just move on, that would go to 2024. Yeah. They just want, they would have to cancel the Olympics. Whoa. I was just and thinking they've, they'd they've, be, they've, uh, bumping yeah. it forward like to 2022, but that's not the case. No, it's not. No, no. Yeah. So I think, uh, I mean, I don't know. This is just what they're saying now. Right. Which, you know, obviously that could change if they're like, well, you know, we already have so much invested. We think by 2022, we'll have we'll have X amount of people with the vaccine and we can go forward. Then perhaps they would change their mind. Wow. Then you're also talking about like, you know, are we going to have Olympics two years apart? Are we going to have a winter Olympics and the summer Olympics in the same year? Because all that planning has gone out for like a decade. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about it. I didn't hear that. Wow. That's crucial. Yeah. And that's that. I mean, that I'm reading. I'm I'm looking at this now, and uh, the I the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, um, says there's no Plan B. It's either going to happen, and they say it's definitely going to happen. Which I'm hopeful that it will. But yeah. Wow. Okay. I did not know it was going to be pushed to 2024. Jeez. That's it's, rock. It is. And there's been cancellations before um, for right. events of this magnitude. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I hope, I hope everything goes well. Um, but if it goes well, that means, well, we may not have an Emma Miesemann or one of these players that we love. I know. So, it's like, wait, wait a minute. What are we hoping for here? It's, uh, but, it's yeah, all very crazy. confusing. It is. That's, that's crazy. But that's, that's, uh, that's good mental gymnastics, though, uh, to uh, think everything through. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty you know, crazy. We'll see what happens. But that's tough, tough choices for, for a lot of players. I feel, I feel for the GMs, too. Yeah. It's like coaches, yeah, 
Yeah. They don't well, know either. You- like they're just like, you know, their choices are based on who will be there, you know, and they don't know mm-hmm. for sure. That's that's tough. You're you're right. That's tough. For them it too. happened to the Mystics last year, you know? You yeah. you, you create you, you sign EDD to her four year Supermax deal, which is hundred percent the right decision. You go to Supermax <laughs> to Emma Misaman, you you trade for uh, Tina Charles, you trade your entire draft this year. They don't have a draft pick yeah. this year. I know. And Tina never played. Right. And she's and a free agent. I, she's coming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I think she's coming back. But. She said that she's coming back. So we're just gonna take uh, that for her word. Um, yeah. And that's. <laughs> I, I. We're just. I. I just want to see that mix. Like you said, you wanted to see the mix in Connecticut. I want to mm-hmm. see that mix in D.C. with Tina Charles, Misaman, Deladon, Cloud, mm-hmm. Powers. Yes, please, Atkins, Hawkins. Listen, I can go on and on. Trust and believe me. I. You know. I just uh, I just want everybody to be healthy, you know, yeah. and make the best choices for them. So hopefully that's what the Mystics roster looks like. <laughs> yeah, I, ho- I hope we get to see all, all of them <laughs> yeah. play together um, and play well. Um, yes. We'll see, though. I mean, there's a lot. I, and Washington's not the only team that has, like, this situation where they're a contending team. And right. There's there's going to be forces trying to break them apart. You have L.A. kind of in the same spot. Candace Parker and Chelsea Gray are unrestricted free agents. NECA is cord. Um, you have Seattle with Natasha Howard, as I mentioned. Alicia Clark's also a free agent there. You got um, – who else you got? I mean, Las Vegas, Kayla McBride's a free agent. So a lot of the contenders in this league may look different. That may be an opportunity for a Minnesota Maybe even a Dallas, right? Like maybe Young maybe there's an opportunity Dallas. for a New York yeah. Liberty to make a, a big move, change their roster, <laughs> get ready. You never you, you never know. So I think this this offseason is going to be um, one of the most interesting that we've had. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, those two teams you just mentioned, Dallas and New York, and how young they are. Boy, you put a, mm-hmm. a key piece with some experience with either one of those teams. That could mm-hmm. be <laughs> that could be exciting. That could be exciting. Right. And who won one? Uh, you know. So this in the mock off season, everyone made fun of me because the Liberty have won two games last year. And I was thinking, okay, fine, you guys can have this. In real life, who doesn't want to live in Brooklyn? Right. We're talking I about mean, people my age. I'd love to yeah. live in Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, James Harden decided to go there, so he, he likes it. Hit <laughs> the lemon, lemon pepper KD wing. Kyrie. Like the- <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do in Brooklyn for a person near my age uh, making a substantial heard, amount of money. Yeah, I heard the lemon pepper wings are a draw. Yes, there's anything you want. It's beautiful. Um, so hopefully some uh, hopefully someone wants to uh, to to make a splash. That makes yeah. my that makes my job way more interesting. Yeah, that's fun. See what happens. And I think that's uh, that's something we definitely have to keep our eyes on moving forward. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, things are going to start clicking pretty soon here in terms of uh, rosters being stabilized mm-hmm. in the WNBA. So. Not a choices sur- to be made. I'm kind of surprised we haven't heard anything yet. I know, right? Um, but that's why I'm like, I have my eyes peeled, ears to the mm-hmm. wall. Like, excuse me, like, yeah, we need to, yeah. we, we need to hear a little bit, you know, at least some whispers about yeah. the possibilities of what could happen for the year. Yeah, think- but yeah, so many things on the table. Hopefully, you know? next, hopefully next week we'll have um, some real stuff to talk about. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll see. right now it's a lot of possibilities. It's also yes. what, it's, uh, what it pans out to be. Um, <laughs> do you want to switch over to, to college basketball, the basketball that's being played right now? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, as, as a, a lot of hoops. Yeah, going uh, on basketball and not, and not going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The wizard. We we haven't seen the wizards play in like three weeks. Six games now for the wizards. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and I think they had players back. They had enough to practice. Yeah, they recently practice. they had eight eight players ready to go, but you know they they weren't in game shape because they haven't played mm-hmm. in like you said a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So they postponed their sixth game in a row. It's hard, you know, to get to get back into game shape like after all those pauses and a lot of the college teams too are struggling with that as well i mean you're in, yeah. the, in the midst of your conference competition and you miss four or five games and mm-hmm. you know you, you've got to get to that coveted 13 game minimum you know to qualify mm-hmm. for the ncaa tournament so you know you can't control everything and, mm-hmm. and that makes it tough obviously but man well you i miss think four the or five games is tough didn't the ncaa come out and say well hey We'll take exceptions to that rule because that happened in college football with Ohio State. They had to play six games to get to the Big Ten championship. They played five, and the week before the Big Ten championship game, the Big Ten said, yeah, Ohio State can play. Go ahead. Five five point six games they played, yeah. so they rounded up to. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. Round that's good enough. Get in there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, how many teams can you do that for? Like, if you have, you know, what if there are top twenty five teams, let's just say, who have played eleven or twelve games? Uh, do you tell I, them no, they can't play? How many? How many do you let go to the tournament? All at least them? UConn. I mean, right, <laughs> but they had a massive pause at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. and you know those games like the Baylor game. Oh, man, I was sad about that. I had mm-hmm. I, I went to the store specifically to get popcorn that day for that game that night, and that one got shut down. I was like, no, uh, you know, it's it's tough. I'm sure for the players and the coaches as well, but it's also tough for the fans because you know uh, we just want to see. Um, mm. some great basketball where, where nothing is, is predictable. And, and then here we go. And it's just, it's just hard to, uh, to be a fan right now. Cause you, you yeah. know, like you, you have these games circled and things to look forward to and they just get like evaporated away. And you mentioned it. I, I can't imagine how hard it is for the players. Oh man. It's so even, brutal. <laughs> I, I ask that all the time of, of coaches, you know, these teams and, and how they are maintaining, like, you know, the question seems to always come out of my mouth this way to coaches, like, how are you keeping the team focused? Right. But then you forget about the coaches who mm-hmm. are, you know, up until wee hours watching film and doing scouts and, you know, trying to prepare uh, the team the best way they can. But nobody checks on the coaches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's like, how are you helping the players is what the question is. So sometimes I flip that. And just because, you know, I, yeah. you know, I want to know about how that's impacting them and, yeah. and their approach to their preparation and their routine of, of preparing the team. So, um, yeah, it's, it's got to be tough on everyone for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of time and people think, well, it can't be that much preparation. Well, you're just watching a game and it's just whatever. Yeah. You just show up and play. No, there are a lot of things that go into, you know, your rotations, uh, your defenses, like how many different um, defensive schemes you're going to have. What if they throw a junk defense? Like you have to have all yeah. these things like in a row and ready to present 
to the team to the point where they can execute it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of preparation, a lot of legwork that people don't know about who have never coached at a high level. Yeah. And they just think you just sit down and uh, you just go to the gym and you play. Um, no, it's not AAU. It's not like, you know, you, you don't know the opponent. You show up at two o'clock and you play. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's, you know, that's, that's little league, you know, like when you're in the big leagues there, there's a ton of prep that goes on, um, behind the scenes that no one really talks about and no one checks on the coaches when, when all of that is done mm-hmm. for not, you know, it's like you're, you're doing all that and then, oh, well, you're not playing and that game's not being made up. And you're like, okay, I spent yeah. two days prepping the team <laughs> for that. And now we have a game tomorrow. Against someone else. <laughs> it's a totally different scenario, a totally different kind of team. And, you know, you've you've got those two days that you've wasted, you know, and that's frustrating too. So I'm sure coaches are feeling it um, just like the players are in that in that respect. Yeah. No, I, I think it, it, that's something that definitely needs to be pointed out. Yeah. Actually reading um, a season on the brink about Bob Knight, um, oh, yeah. who, who's a madman, but he, <laughs> yeah. he's all, I mean, I think a lot of coaches are not as, not as crazy as Bob Knight, but crazy <laughs> about the work, right? Like he's up yeah. until 4 a.m. every night after a game because he's yeah. watching the, the, his team's film and then the tape from the other team that they're going to play. So I yeah. imagine a lot of these coaches are going through the same process and then waking up and finding out, well, that game's not happening. Um, but you know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, luckily, I'm, I'm, huh? luckily we have games happening. Which that's, is what I talk that. about. that's what yeah. we'll take that. The frustration of losing the game uh, in terms of not being able to uh, play and, and not having the opportunity, losing the opportunity to play. Um, you know, I think is is frustrating, but not playing at all would be like, yes. I'd be losing my mind. I mean, I'm a high school coach and I was up till three something last night watching yeah. film and doing scout and stuff <laughs> like that. And, you know, you just have to just plan for the day. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. happen, it doesn't happen. But, I mean, it's easier said than done to say it that way, too. Yeah. But, I mean, you want to play, but you also want everybody to be healthy and safe. So it's hard uh, to uh, delineate between, like, you know, your passion yeah. <laughs> for the game and 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 uh, and the the health and, and the situation health. that we're all in. Yeah. Mental health of it, yes. yes. Not the not the physical like health, but the mental health piece is is major, I yes. think, and that's not discussed enough, and it needs to be discussed a lot more. Right. And I feel like as a coach too, you feel more. So it's a much more solitary job because with the yeah. team, when you're on a team, you have your teammates and you're right. all equals and, and, you know, you, you guys are all together when you're a head coach. I think it's, it's really tough because you're kind of on an Island. Oh, I, I had that. See, that's why we're a good match here. On <laughs> and I'll tell you what, when you, the way you said that and right before you said on an Island, I'm like, man, I'm out here on an Island. Yeah. Like, it's hard. And you have, like we have great staff and everyone across the country can say the same thing, but ultimately the decisions fall on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, I'm, I'm asking for feedback from players and coaches, mm-hmm. but ultimately, man, you're, it's you're, you. Gilligan, you're, you're Gilligan out there. Like you're, you're yeah. out no, it's, on, on an Island for sure. It, it's for on sure. you. And I think those yeah. that, and coaches are much more liable to not, think about their own mental health, right? They're more concerned about how's the team feeling? Like, how can I 
Well, how, how can I manipulate, not manipulate, but like, you know, massage no. their feelings to make them feel like good or bad or put the pressure on them. Um, so I, I do think it's really tough on coaches. I hope yeah. you're doing well, Christy. You doing okay? I, I'm all right. You know, I appreciate, you know, nobody asked me that, which is why <laughs> I ask coaches, you know, nobody asked me that, you know, uh, you know, I try to keep the, the players and our coaches, you know, try to keep them uh, ready to compete and ready to go. And, no, nobody really checks on me. You know, I'm out here at, on an island, you know, and sometimes, you know, I'm cooking for the for the kids and stuff like that. Not all the time because I just I can't do it all mm-hmm. the time, you know, and no one's going to cook for me. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm going, I'm ordering out, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's, I'm just like, I'm tired, you know? So I just think sometimes you just, uh, for me to admit that I'm tired, it has to be like super tired. Like I, I don't really like to admit that, but um, yeah, sometimes I have to, I have to press the pause button. I think that's what 2020 taught me mm-hmm. is that I can pause and everything's still okay. Yes. <laughs> Everything will be right. like, foot to the pedal all the time is not necessarily healthy. Um, But, you know, having that downtime, although I got, you know, the, um, extra poundage on that for a yeah. little while, but you know, I've shedded that since I'm running around as a crazy person <laughs> again. So that's good. But I think it's just, you know, you have to, you have to think about yourself sometimes you breathe. and breathe. And I don't think I, I was doing that for a long time mm-hmm. for a long time, but now I'm breathing and it's, it's a happy place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we get to be on, I, I think, um, What's interesting, because I know everyone wants to say, like, oh, we shouldn't play basketball. And I tend to agree. But at the same time, there's also the other aspect of, well, if we're not playing basketball, how does that affect people? And I think yeah. I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of scientists um, talk about this, and they're actually much more pro playing sports. If we could do they want to do it safely, obviously, sure. but they're much more pro playing sports because that's something that is a release for most for most people it's like yeah. you know you you put in all that work right and, yeah. and you feel that stress and you feel that strain but it releases when you're in the game yeah and you get to see the product yeah you get to see the product like you said and, and that's the thing and you know it, it's like you're you're creating it's almost like ceramics you know what i mean it's almost like you're you know you're molding and, and trying to you know do what you can do in terms of making a, a great product like mm-hmm. you said and you hope it comes out looking the way you want it to look right. and you know, sometimes it doesn't but you just have to you just have to trust that that what you're doing is, is for the best for the team and um and have them know that too i mean trust factor is huge um i think also when when coaches can check on players too i think that's that's a major key piece mm-hmm. but um but i think like you said it goes both ways and it, yep. it doesn't it doesn't happen but it, it should go both ways but it doesn't it kids <laughs> Like high school and college kids never think that the people that are older than them have problems. Exactly. It's true. It's true. It's something yeah. you only learn when you get to like my age. And you're like, wait, everyone's <laughs> exactly like me. We're kind of just flying blind. Yeah. You know, you only you only learn that when you get to. Well, for me, at least I'm sure other kids are very aware of other people. But I wasn't. It's true. No, it's true. I think, you know, a, a very um, and not in a mean way. You know, but I think uh, it's a very self-centered tone that's Mm -hmm. from, you know, that age group. And I think, I don't know if it's social media that has changed that. Um, I think they're 
you know, if you flash back a couple of, of decades and, and look at team play and, and what it meant to those players mm-hmm. um, and the loyalty and the trust of, of those kinds of situations and how that has changed. Um, see the transfer portal. Um, yeah. I think, you know, that was, uh, there's never such a thing, a transfer no. portal. Are you kidding? Um, and then, you know, players are hopping teams, you know, and, let them do what they need to do. I'm not judging anybody, but I'm just saying Michael Jordan would never, um, Kobe would never like, you know, these, these players, um, <laughs> were uh, Michael Jordan would not go. No, play Michael Jordan Boston. would never, Michael Jordan would never go play for the Celtics no. or, or Detroit. Come on. Kobe, I, you know, Kobe, I, Kobe wanted to leave. I'm gonna, did want to leave, We don't have to talk about all of that right now, but <laughs> Kobe wanted to leave, but he didn't, you know, I think, you know, everybody has that little like, you know, people talking to you, hey, man, you need to go. But then there's something about the loyalty piece that that kept him in L.A. So I, I don't know. I just think that, you know, that 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 button is so easily pushed now um, for a lot of players, you know, on, on every level. I don't care. High school, AAU, mm-hmm. you know, take it all the way back. AAU, high school, college and pro. I just think that. um it's all about what I need is this. Okay, well, what about what the team needs? And I think what the team needs is has been lost, right? And and the resolve to push through um, mm-hmm. certain situations. And okay, you want to win a championship, but how do you want to do that? Like, <laughs> you want to go to the team that beat you in the finals like come on man i don't know like people are built differently and that's the whole tone yeah. like all the 2020 i'm built different yeah you're built different i don't know if that's good though i don't, I don't I think i think different. it's uh <laughs> stay with my team i think everyone everyone's I, I'm, I'm much more on the individuality streak like everyone's different right like not everyone can be jordan not everyone can be a, a, even a dame lillard right yeah you look at someone like a jimmy butler yeah. You never question that he wants to he wants to do whatever it takes for his team. Sure. He's, he's still left two situations because it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like the situation for him. And I think you look around yeah. the league and, and those and there's other players, like I mentioned, like I think someone big is leaving the, in the WNBA for a different team this year. And you may say, right. well, hey, they're winning championships. They're doing this. They're, they're accomplishing so much from a team perspective, but it's like, well, I just think it's time for me to do someone else. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think there's a much bigger group of people that are willing to, to leave now, but I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of players. I want to, you know, want to stand up for the players that are still out there that players and coaches that have that sort of chip in them like you have that the competitiveness the loyalty piece there's a ton of those players and i think that's um i think you we we focus on the ones that don't do that but i think we also kind of forget the ones that do um right you know we talked about Alyssa thomas i don't think Alyssa thomas going anywhere no she's not because she's wired she's wired like that right and I think, you know, and, and like you said, it's it's up to everyone's discretion, like what what is right for them. Right. But, you know, for me, I think I'm I'm built different, you know, <laughs> in that regard, because I, I just could not fathom going to a rival, whether that be a rival, high school, college or pro going to a rival team and sitting in their locker room especially if they beat us the year before, yeah. or even if we beat them, like I, why, I, I don't know how you can compartmentalize to the point of 
uh, you know, sitting in there with them (laughs) because I think I just create such a, um, that's what motivates you right? in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to team up with you. I'm going to beat you mm-hmm. <laughs> like every time. Right. Like, yeah, that's, I think that's, the, yeah, I, 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 it could be in college. In college, it's, it's different. Cause I think those, those kinds of um, rivalries are real. Um, but I think even in college, right? Like your coach can still decide to cut you. Right. And same right. with like someone like a Russell Westbrook who is wired in that sort of loyalty competitive fashion. Well, he still got traded. Right. He's been traded twice now. Twice. Like, you know, it's, I think yeah. you, that that's kind of the counterbalance to it. Um, but I did want to, I did want to ask you one thing and we, we've, we've kind of gone long. So I want to, I'm going to give sure, you, sure. I'm going to give you the ranked matchups that are happening today. I want you to Aww. talk about only pick one. If you want to go more, that's fine, but try to try to only pick one. Okay, so there are three um, ranked matchups that are happening. Michigan, Ohio State is happening at three o'clock. Um, so right. you've probably you're probably not going to listen to this before then. Uh, you have South Carolina, Georgia at uh-huh. six thirty. You got UConn, Tennessee, seven p.m. Uh, and yeah. then you have. Louisville and Syracuse. Number one, Louisville taking on Syracuse, who went on a big pause and is back at 9 p.m. Wait, why is that at 9 p.m.? That's on the East Coast. Whatever. Wow. Uh, this is 9 p.m., so <laughs> I'm going to have to stay up late. Awesome, guys. Um, All right. <laughs> and those are just the ranked versus ranked matchups. There's a ton of good teams playing today. But p- right. tell me uh, something about one of those games that are, that's interesting you. Interesting to oh, you. Oh man, just one. Hey, listen, I, I am a Nas Hillman fan. I, mm-hmm. I've just fallen in love with her old school style of play and how she is just dominant in every facet of the game. And, you know, I know she's coming off of, of not one of her better performances in their last game, but she just means so much to Michigan and, and their success and their 10 and 0 right now. I, I you mm-hmm. know. Ohio State had a little bit of a pause, but uh, Dorka Uhas is back for Ohio State, and they're ranked, you know, one of the five Big Ten teams ranked in the top 25 for AP. I, I just think that it's going to be a great battle. Um, you know, uh, you know that's a big rival, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I just think that um, the battle is going to be won on the interior in that game. Um, you know, Dorka Uhas, I mean, she's 6'4", but she's a face-up, 6'4". And I, I think that she could still do damage on the – on the interior, but Nas Hillman, man, I'm telling you what, if you don't keep her off the glass, you're in for a long night and or a long afternoon since it's a mm-hmm. 3 p.m. game. <laughs> but uh, I, I just love what Kim Barnes Rico has been able to do. And Kevin McGuff, you know, bless his heart, you know, with all the pauses uh, they've had and um, missing some games there. But, you know, even with that being said, they're still ranked. So that's going to be a great one to watch. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. But also the UConn-Tennessee game. I mean, we That's just what I was going to say. 20 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, UConn, Tennessee. I mean, and then for Gino to, to just pass Pat Summit, the late, mm-hmm. great, iconic Pat Summit um, in wins. And he said, you know, I wish he was here. That was his first comment yeah. after that game where he got one win more. And now he's right behind uh, Tara Vanderveer at Stanford mm-hmm. for the most wins uh, for women's basketball. I just think for, for Gino to, to say that first, uh, knowing that they had – that massive rivalry and yeah. the games we were talking about looking forward to games. Are you kidding me? That was like the Super Bowl for women's basketball like every year when they played in November and we circled that thing in red ink 
and we wanted to watch that game every year um, when Gina was on the sideline and, and Pat was down the other side. I mean, how, how awesome were those games? So just the history and the tradition of that matchup, I think it's going to be just fun to see. But, uh, you know, UConn with their young team, they have no seniors, um, yep. you know, but they're playing like they have all seniors. I mean, that's, that's how. That's what I'm, I'm really excited to watch Paige yeah. in this. Paige, yeah, Beckers, yeah. I want to see Paige Beckers in her. This is the first big game. And and yeah. don't get it twisted. Tennessee wasn't ranked to start the year. They're 25 now. This is a damn good basketball team. Renata Davis is a real, really, really, really good basketball player. They beat Arkansas, yeah. my beloved Razorbacks. Um, they, <laughs> they, they beat Indiana. They've gone on the road. They've done it. I, I think they are a real team. They're really good. And tonight's their night to show it. You know they're coming out with that energy. I'm yeah. really excited to see how how UConn responds because, look, they they like you mentioned, they're real young. They have not been in this situation, and yeah, hey, I, yeah. I don't want to take anything away from Seton Hall or Creighton or Xavier or any of these teams, but they ain't Tennessee. Right, that, that, it's a different feel when you're playing Tennessee. Yeah. So and, I'm, I'm and really really excited for that one. And they didn't have the Baylor game, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like UConn and, and Baylor, you know, they didn't uh, get that game because Baylor was on a COVID pause. And so, I mean, they haven't really had, like you said, the the, the top 25 challenge mm-hmm. of, of competing. So, yeah, I, I'm anxious to see that one too. I, and I think, you know, with uh, with the Syracuse game, you know, you said the nine o'clock game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that one's going to be fun. Um, Louisville, I mean, they're just a tremendous team, bumped up to number one this week, and Jeff Walls has them clicking. I mean, they are mm-hmm. balling out and definitely um, deserving of, of that uh, number one ranking after Stanford was upset by Colorado. So, yeah, great games today. I think it's yeah. going to be fun. It's gonna be fun to to watch all of them, obviously. But for a lot and of the Lakers reasons, and Bucks play there. Why do we put all? We need to have better planning, people. <laughs> Come on, man. Wait, what time is that one? Is that ten? Seven thirty. So Dang I'm not it. watching that game. I'm not gonna watch that game because I have to watch Tennessee <laughs> UConn because it's <laughs> it's a special. That's a special game. But I thought we were gonna get a ten o'clock tip on that Lakers game. We, but oh well. we need more communication. <laughs> Yeah. How, how very manly of the NBA to not communicate with anybody and just do whatever the hell they want. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. I think that's a good note to act on. Uh, uh, well, we'll uh, I, I don't know um, what else. I, I mean, this, we don't, I don't want to talk about games that are going to happen in the future because you never know it's going to happen. Yeah, but UCLA, just... UCLA and Stanford is happening tomorrow night. Hopefully, oh. I have both my fingers crossed for that. Like, yeah. let's Maybe. let's keep the train moving. Let's let's get that game. Hopefully, in a healthy way, obviously. But I want to see that game. I do too. <laughs> I do too. For sure. All right, Gabe. Well, it has been a blast as always for the new new year that mm-hmm. we are in right now, and so much hope, so much purpose, so much resolve for all of us, and I just love catching up with you and chatting about hoops and all things that connect us all as a team, and Courtside is always a place where you can find us. I am on Twitter at ChristyWScott51, and where can people find you on Twitter, Gabe? 
uh, at Gabe underscore Ibrahim and at her hoop stats. That's where most of my work is and where this here podcast will be posted a bunch. So Uh I love it. I love it. So we will see you here next time courtside for have our popcorn, our cranberry juice and no ice. We'll be waiting on you to chit chat about some more hoops on courtside on the her hoop stats podcast network.